0: You're listening to The Outspoken Bible, a podcast from Bible 2020 with Fiona Stewart, Jen Robertson and Neil Glover hello and welcome to the outspoken Bible I'm Fiona Stewart and I'm joined by Neil Glover but not Jen Robertson this time hello, hello Neil Fiona.
1: where is Jen's away so we we've had scheduling issues haven't we
0: We have we've had some scheduling issues but it actually works quite well for what we wanted to do with this week
1: was which was to do something slightly different I think you're breaking a virtue of necessity here I, <laughs> I uh, yeah well, I, I was, I, I was generally coming on going how's this gonna work
0: I know I know it's funny with her, isn't it? She's we feel like the three amigos. I know, it's I very strange.
1: Lost a limb.
0: Jen, well, indeed. There, come
1: back, quickly.
0: yeah. We miss you. I mean, well, next time we'll, we'll be on that, which is on fruitfulness, because actually, as listeners will discover when they listen to the next podcast, I had forgotten that we're on fruitfulness next.
1: Ah, right. This is so, becoming
0: all a bit of a bit of a trap in your do, head do of trying to work it when things are would recorded. Be
1: ever so into the podcast that they would they would have a website with bloopers on it. <laughs>
0: I mean I could provide them with quite a few well, pieces of audio I, the, for that. The
1: things I've said in previous ones when I've listened back when I've gone that's actually wrong. You know?
0: <laughs> I like it when we mention people and they're like, Oh no, I better go back and take that out because 'cause we we've mentioned an individual.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for confidentiality issues.
0: <laughs> so but we did decide to make a virtue of necessity. So so what we're doing is we're looking at two very short epistles, two short books in the New Testament. So Second John and Third John. It's the shortest. Uh, Shortest, yes.
1: And and not very well known. Do you Uh you know... So you know Adrian who put this together. Mm. Why did he go here? I have no
0: idea. I have no idea. I mean, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because... As you say, they're so short; they're 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 really easy just to read in a in a
1: straight through sitting. Yeah, and, in five and minutes basically. Biblical scholars are scathing about Second mm. John in particular, so mm. I've got some quotes for you about Second John. Well,
0: yeah, because we're going to talk about Second John in in this podcast, and then the episode that I've recorded, I've actually already recorded it with Jen, that will go out later. And in that, we're talking about third John, but obviously there's a bit of overlap we've
1: discovered. Yeah, there's similar. So and we're not we're both... touching
0: on, we're not really touching on first John, but then you know no, they kind John's of come a as a well-known
1: one a trilogy. <laughs> what was he? What was he doing? Missing out the well-known one?
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: I don't know. We could ask him about it. We could invite I, Adrian on as a special guest. I think it was a. Li- I. This is my theory. It was a little challenge to himself to say, well, "Let's go to the bits of the Bible we don't normally go to." Yeah, maybe.
0: To. I mean, that's not a bad thing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I certainly found that when I was reading that it was interesting to say sort of what what is this about? What, why is this included in scripture?
1: So 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 some biblical scholars this is one <laughs> scholar I'm trying to find his name. Judith or it's Judith Lou. Sorry, it's a she. Oh, unconscious sexist bias. Um, she wrote it is interesting to conclude that the fact that second John found a way to acceptance by the wider church within its canon of scripture Remains one of those enigmatic ironies, which must continue to stretch the imagination of both historian and theologian. I love that an
0: enigmatic irony. <laughs> Do, Do you know. ever wonder, though, Neil? I I sometimes think about this with with scripture that it had it has to last all time, doesn't it? Uh huh. So I sometimes wonder if there's things in the Bible that that will have a relevance in in say 300 years' time, but we we don't know yet what those are.
1: Yeah, you think they, about that they're much. Definitely. Oh, I don't. I think definitely. Um. I mean, the most. Striking example I can think of with that is uh, Revelation, mm-hmm. which comes from the the same school as these epistles, the, the Johannine literature, the John literature, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember uh, Alan Bosak, who was a South African. Commentator, not without controversy, um, who said um, he was so fed up of Western theologians with their calculators trying to work out what this was about. He said, "The minute you've been in a persecuted church, you know exactly what Revelation's about." Oh, that's interesting. Yes, yeah.
0: that's interesting, isn't it? So, I mean, so maybe there are things within the, these two books that that have yet to really
1: have the relevance. Or, or maybe, well, So okay. Maybe, so there's one thing that's in Second John. Can we talk about this? this yeah, this let's, yeah. unique and it is in, let me just get the verse here. I've got a commentary where it's all different. Second John verse 7 is really interesting. So it says, many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. So it's a very explicit thing that says here. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of people who say that Jesus did not come in the flesh. And that's quite interesting because um, th- this is this is an, an impassioned defense of Jesus' humanity, mm-hmm. which which you don't actually get as ex- I don't think it's as explicit as this anywhere else in the Scripture, with one exception, which is John one verse fourteen, where it says the Word became flesh. But but what this is arguing against is an idea that that some people had that said that the that Jesus couldn't possibly have come in the flesh because the flesh is dirty. The flesh okay. is, is inherently corrupt. Uh-huh. Bodies are inherently bad. Uh-huh. And therefore, how dare you suggest that God had a body? All that happened was that Jesus appeared to have a body, but in reality, he was a bit of a ghost. It, it, was, okay. it was an act of deception. And what Second John is saying here quite vociferously is, no, he had a body. But even more yeah. than that, if you dare suggest he didn't have a body, and this is a bit we can struggle with, then we're going to throw you out of the church. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we're not even going antichrist. to welcome you into our homes.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, lots of interesting things there to begin with. So, so, so was that quite commonly... Proposed as a as a theological standpoint.
1: Um, I, I mean, it's one of these things where you can often you often know most about Christian opponents by the Christian authors who wrote against them. Yeah. Uh, so it's difficult to tell, but it it's a thing. So it's called docetism. D o c e t i s m. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're into your docetism, you're a docetic. And the, the docetism runs through the church uh, still today, where we yeah. emphasise the. Uh, the the spiritual um, dimensions where we don't talk about bodies uh, mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. we see it as a private act of personal piety rather than a bodily yeah um, a bodily faith and we deny the humanity of Christ sometimes
0: interesting in in the the, the medium that we're using to record this as well isn't it because we're we're looking at each other in a Zoom call mm-hmm. speaking over a um a, a web program and yeah I have some serious concerns about you, our lack of physicality yeah. in these current days, yeah. actually. So that's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. there's a spirituality that that comes around that. Yes,
1: yeah, so God didn't come as a Zoom call. God, mm-hmm. God didn't come as a webcast. That that facility, if you want to use that phrase, was there. There was, I think, called the Bet Call, which is in the Jewish tradition, which was the mm-hmm. house of voice, I think it means, or a daughter of voice, that's right. And um, the idea that God could just boom messages into yeah, you. and and the the message of John is no God came, God actually came to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the physicality, the body is really important in John,
0: and it, it's so rooted in the Gospels, isn't it? When you think about the humanity of Christ, so so so, so all of the the things we read about Jesus weeping, Jesus mm-hmm. eating and and sharing food and and and, and um, being subject to all the the inconveniences, I suppose, of of human life and, and ultimately the crucifixion itself yeah, is, is yeah. a very bodily-driven yeah, yeah. um, driven idea, isn't it? So interesting that that, that idea was obviously prevalent and, and countered in this. Yeah. So we're thinking that it is the, it's the same John who wrote the Gospel and the same John who wrote
1: Revelation. It's definitely the same vocabulary. It doesn't say explicitly in the text. It says it's from the elder um, and that most people think that a elder here doesn't so much mean a, a an office in the church as someone who's just old and respected and has a kind of mm-hmm. moral authority so mm-hmm. it fits with the, the tradition that John the writer of the gospel um, lived for a very very long time you remember in John 21 where it, um, Jesus says you know, yes. what, what if he lives forever so they, there's a long tradition that, that John the gospel writer went to um, Ephesus and uh, there he lived very very long and so this kind of idea of an old man writing this fits with mm-hmm. it But certainly the passage that you have here about about love um and and truth and and grace um what is it about the, the the commandment uh, and now dear lady I'm not writing a new command that's a very John kind of phrase mm-hmm. uh, but one we have had from the beginning the the idea of beginning is also a, a yeah. John phrase um, you know when the beginning was the word I ask that we love one another so that's A John phrase um, Mm -hmm. for Jesus and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commandments as you've heard from the beginning, his commandment is that you walk in love and notice the repetition there as well of of command and love and And the the sort of switching around in order to explain it circular definitions that go Uh on that's very Uh John
0: huh, so, yeah. And it it also to my ear has the has the feel of an older, wiser counsel. Oh, does it? That's interesting. Well, well I, I, I you know, I think well, I find that in Third John as well, actually. Just well just some of the terminology, isn't there? The the, the, the dearness and the dear friend and the He's
1: very, very warm, isn't he? He's, full
0: of warmth. Yeah. Which I think comes with, with age and maturity and
1: that sort of you know, nothing else to prove. full of warmth unless you deny that Christ came as the flesh and then well, don't even have them into your home. Full
0: of warmth but also firm of what you believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, 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 I want to pick up on that and talk about that, but can we just, before we do that, talk about the lady?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Is the lady a, an individual? Is the lady a, a reference to the wider church? There seems to be a bit of discussion about that.
1: Yeah, it'd be really attractive if it was a, <laughs> a, an actual lady. I mean, I, I still think it might The commentary... I, checked most reading this said well you know it's an attractive suggestion and it's like this old man writing to his old friend who's a woman um the the only thing i i would say is it says to the chosen lady and her children
0: yeah so yeah, yeah I,
1: So people said, "Oh, it's obviously the collective," but then why say and her children as well? So uh huh. Who knows? Yes,
0: that's right. It's like, it almost uh, feels coded, doesn't it? It almost feels like those. Do you, you know? Sometimes I've known a number of people who've been missionaries in in mm. sensitive countries, and you know, when you write a letter to somebody in that context, you you use certain terms that yeah, that mean yeah, code. You, you're, something's not going to be picked up by a, 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 somebody reading a letter. Yeah. So it feels like that, doesn't it? Almost kind of code I within the I empire. Think
1: I think I'd like it to be an actual lady.
0: Mm. Mm. Hmm. Korea.
1: Kiria, yeah, yes, yeah. It's like, did you write something about that once? You were
0: telling me something. Well, it, well, there's an organization actually that I, that I'm part of called Kyria, the Kiria Network, and uh-huh. it's for women in leadership. So it's women in church leadership, but also in all different spheres of culture and so on. And I did a, a spoken word piece which lasted about 35 minutes. <laughs> Poor audience. Um, which was about basically looking at lots of different women leaders within the Bible. So start, uh-huh. starting right back with, with Eve, actually, and then right through um, the New Testament. New Testament characters were fascinating. So it was Junia people right like, had Junia in it. Also people like Priscilla and Phoebe. Just There's very few verses about them, but actually there's quite a lot when you drill down. There's quite a lot there's of biography a, about some of these clues, women.
1: clues, isn't there?
0: Oh, extraordinary people. Priscilla became a bit of a new hero of mine. I thought, wow, she's amazing. Yeah, because she's always named first, isn't she? Yeah, she's named first and she traveled around. They lived in different places and yeah, just really interesting. And Junia Junia? Junia came up too. Um, So Junia's in Roman 16. So Uh Junia is very controversial because she's referred to as. An apostle. I, no, she's referred renowned to be amongst the apostles.
1: Amongst the apostles. And, and there's two controversies in the Greek. Mm-hmm. It's in the accusative, so it could be Junian, which might be yes. a male name, but I think most people yes. think it's female.
0: Well, but, because yes, because I think Junian is not. It wasn't a common male name. Yeah, so yeah. it would be very unusual for it to, to be used as a name, whereas Junia
1: it it was. And does renowned amongst the apostles? Does that mean she is amongst the apostles and in that group she's renowned? Or does it mean there are a group of people called the apostles who renown Junia, who does not like exactly. them? So it's,
0: exactly. Exactly. And then more controversially, she was, she was sort of written out. So basically the choice was made to, oh, yeah, to make it right. male. Yeah. In order to, to avoid controversy around the fact that, that, she may well have been a female apostle. Yeah. So really interesting. Scott McKnight's got a really good book about Junia. Oh, I see. Whose name I can't remember. It's just a short, short bit, but he just kind of. You've th-
1: done your right. research. Oh.
0: You worked, I have actually had for writing my piece, but but as part of that, I wrote about Kyria because they said, "Well, could you include include Kyria in this thing?" And it was quite difficult because I because when you you know when you stop and think about it, she probably wasn't an actual real person. She probably but may well have been this. It's referred to the church, so but but the theory, the the idea of, I suppose, women being honoured.
1: Yes, alongside
0: so, men is actually a really important thing
1: to think about I I, the more I read this if <laughs> it was just a picture of the church uh-huh. it would say to the chosen lady it wouldn't say to the chosen lady and her children uh-huh. I'm it, I'm oh, yes. I'm yeah, veering the, towards an actual yeah, woman so isn't fair. it actually I'm getting fonder of this um, letters like this in the ancient world were very common and there was a very prescriptive formula to them. Yeah. So what you would do is you'd have an opening and then you'd have a bit of background for a, a request. So there's a request that's going to come. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on here. Something needs to happen. So somebody somewhere, the, the elder, is a bit bothered about something that's happening in the church here. And so they have to write a letter. To yeah. Do it. They can't show up in person. Um and and that's interesting. So um immediately you're now vulnerable. Because you're thinking, yeah. oh, if I stick it in a letter, how that's how's that gonna go? And also the easiest thing to do would be to not write the letter, just to leave it. Yeah. But no, I yeah. have to write this letter because I really care about this body of people. So you have to stick a background for a uh, the request, which in this case is that in verse four, we are rejoicing in the truth. So we're all mm-hmm. truthful people. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And then um the, then you make the request which is follow love, that's the love commandment, and then spurn deception. So that's that's the second thing uh, that you you say to people. So I need you to stay away from those who are deceiving. So that's the thing that's really bothering. So it's mm-hmm. interesting, isn't it, that we've got someone who's pastoring a church, hears something else about this church, and think, all right, I need to do something about this mm-hmm. because churches are human communities and there's mm-hmm. all this stuff going wrong. And in this case, um, it's that these deceivers have arrived to saying that Christ did not come in the flesh. And then, uh, and then it says the consequence of, of doing that is that you will yeah. abide in the truth, that, that, things will, things will go well for, for you and that you will abide in the teaching and things that you will be a grounded church. So that's where we need to get to. It's a very specific, um, intervention. And then you have a closing thing, which is, uh, hopes and greetings at the end here. So it's, it's a, it's a common thing in, in the world. That I need to write a letter to get something to change. To sort this, this out.
0: Church. Yeah. yeah, and so and so we've 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 talked about the heresy, but but then there's this command, isn't there, about not welcoming in those who would yeah claim that heresy. What
1: what's that about? Well, I mean, it's fairly obvious what it is about some exclusion, but we we struggle with it, and commentators yeah. struggle with this. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, one one commentator says that this section of the letter has to it an ugly look, and um, <laughs> I mean, I suppose you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been in situations where I've been saying to people, "You have to walk away," mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I've said to some people, "You need to remove them from mm-hmm. this situation." So mm-hmm. it's all very well for us to go, "Oh, how exclusively and all mm-hmm. the rest," but sometimes there's there's a toxicness mm-hmm. to people which which you have to be removed from. I mean, it's pretty firm, though, isn't it? It's like don't even welcome them into their homes.
0: Well, yeah, but then it's it's pretty, it's also pretty fundamental.
1: The, the nature it's it's of fun,
0: the nature of the heresy is quite fundamental, isn't it? Because because surely the the at the very heart of what we have in the Christian faith is the belief in the incarnation. Yeah, the bodily I mean, incarnation and the bodily death and resurrection. In fact,
1: I suppose yes, it's making it fundamental. It's a funny thing, though. I mean, so our our idea of you know around the, the Trinity and around Jesus, the, the the early church took years to to reach those mm. points. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most the most so the most famous kind of or the the kind of strongest early quotes heresy was a heresy called Arianism, which um, was the belief that Jesus Christ wasn't quite God but but created. And there is there is a verse in Colossians you can use to kind of support that when he says firstborn over all creation. Yeah, Um, and and that heresy was now called a heresy because they lost um mm-hmm. arianism he took over the main church but but what's interesting is it's only in retrospect that we go oh that's a really really major yes. mistake because yes. that was contested uh for years um i mean i think i suppose if i was jesus i'd be going um yeah i came in flesh don't go around telling people that i didn't well, i didn't I really do that human. yeah yeah and and don't go denying your humanity
0: uh huh. Because it, because it, you can see also why it's quite an appealing thought in, in the same way that you already referred to, you know, that sort of disembodied spirituality that we would still see today. It, it can be very appealing for people.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, to deny the yeah. flesh
0: and, and and go after something that's that's very kind of esoteric and and, and
1: satisfying. Yeah, and I, I suppose what's quite interesting as well, isn't it? If you were to say to someone, "What is the heresy?" I mean, I'd have to think this properly, but. If you were to say to someone, well, what do you think is the heresy that aroused most annoyance in the New Testament? Or well, people might say, oh, it's people had a, in a, a too weak an understanding of the inspiration of Scripture. That's something that we argue about. Or mm-hmm. um, people had the wrong view of the atonement. That's mm-hmm. something also that we we would probably argue about in our church. People were arguing about which version of the Bible to use or whether they should be infant baptism mm-hmm. or not. And you say, no. The, yeah. the point at which the New Testament gets strongest is when you deny the humanity of Christ. It's that mm. important. Mm. Wow.
0: And then I suppose the, the other side of that would be to, divide, to deny the divinity of Christ, wouldn't it? And, yeah. You know, go down the route of thinking of Jesus as, as, a, as a good teacher and a good man and all that, that stuff, but actually denying denying the, the, the other side of who he is.
1: Yeah, and actually I, I can't think of an equivalent verse eh, where that's denied. Um, so... So the technical jargon for that is having a low Christology and a high Christology, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, the there is an argument from some biblical scholars that um, high Christology only emerges later on in the in the older books of the New Testament canon. So um, that, um, for example, Mark's Gospel is seen as as being a low Christology because Jesus yeah. was an ordinary man and then he gets adopted at his baptism. That's, yeah. that's just nonsense. I don't think any uh-huh. of that stacks up. I think partly because people are calling Jesus Lord right from the very, very yep. start. Um, and Lord kurios in the Greek is the word that's used for a God in the Greek version of the New Testament. And yeah. also one of the earliest New Testament texts is the book of Philippians, which a letter of Philippians, which talks of, of though being equal of God, made in the image of God, very high Christology again. Mm-hmm. And then there's just subtle things you don't notice, like in in um, in the story in Mark where Jesus um, forgives um the the man who the sins of the man who's lowered through the roof, um, the only person in the Old Testament who forgives sins, yes, is God, is God. and that's mm-hmm. precisely the point that the, the yeah. Pharisees make it that, yeah. So I suppose, yeah, this is a this is a text which is saying we need to understand Jesus well because yeah. that's how the community, the life of the community, and it's going to flow. It's that link, isn't it, between love and understanding Jesus. Can I just yeah. say something as well about the love thing that's that's going on yeah. as well? One of the the things that's become more and more important to me is is that the the abstract terms of the New Testament are quite important, love, joy, peace, and um, patience, and well, love above all. I remember when somebody in a seminar I did years ago uh, said that you shouldn't think too much when it comes to Christian faith, because the minute you start thinking, you start to sin uh and they, they talked about how Eve and Adam's sin was starting to think too much. You just have to apply things without thinking mm-hmm. too much. And um and then they said that um and one of the problems that people do is they they take, for example, uh, a passage which is about um a love and then they go to the old testament and they go oh look god's commanded all these people uh, to kill all the amalekites or something like that a loving Mm -hmm. god wouldn't do that and what Mm -hmm. they were effectively saying is oh that's a wrong thing to do you shouldn't apply love to that context Mm -hmm. Uh, and therefore of course god told people to kill the amalekites i have to say my view on this has completely changed over the years and i am now Mm -hmm. much stronger on thinking uh, we, the Romans twelve urges us to the renewal of our minds. So yeah, for a renewed mind, what's it for thinking? And also, I think it is for applying these yeah. concepts. For asking, what does love mean?
0: It almost yeah. becomes a
1: question to us in yeah. your context. What does love mean?
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, but maybe it applies into this then, because 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 on the one hand, you can read these verses and think this sounds very harsh mm. to say that people are not welcome. But maybe, so applying that logic, Neil, maybe the, maybe the love that John is talking about, is there's a strength to that, isn't there? So there's a love and a protection of the truth and yeah. of the people of God yeah. and of their well-being that, that means that actually it can come across as a, as a harsh thing.
1: Yeah, Does that make and, sense? Yeah, that and not quite sectarian. I'm trying to just, mm-hmm. point. I think it's in third John, which says nobody can do anything good apart from God. So there is still a universal kind of sense that God is present in the whole world. It's not just there's only good that exists in the church and everything out there is bad. It's yes. not that kind of sectarianism that, that's going on here.
0: Yes, yes. And, I mean, one of the things that, that Jen and I touched on as well was was, the, was talking about power within the church as much as there is power within the world, that there there are people at work who, who are not necessarily for the good. And, you know, and so there's a calling out of that that goes on in 2nd and 3rd John, isn't there? particularly in third John, when you, when you, um, look at Diotrephes who, that, that whole thing of, of he loved to be first, he put himself first. He actually didn't have the, the well of of the people or, or the passion for God at, at the heart.
1: And, but what's interesting here is they name it. I suppose that's mm-hmm. the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're prepared to name yeah. it. And we don't like that. We get very yeah. uncomfortable with people naming the discomfort. I was once yeah. in a, uh, a meeting where an organization I'm involved with, and uh, they, they, we'd brought a consultant in to, to help us with how some of, some of the issues that we were dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, um, the consultant went through all the usual stuff and then said, right, now I need to tell you some home truths. And, and she said to us, you're all very, very nice. When I meet you all, you're very nice but actually you're quite nasty. Oof. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, ouch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But that's yeah. kind of what's going on here is um, saying yes. at times yes. you're quite nasty. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I suppose the, the, the key to, is the discernment of when when, it's, when somebody will repent and pull back when confronted. Mm-hmm. And when is it a, a terminal issue, actually? Because yeah. that's what he's talking about here, isn't it? These these he's not there's no
1: suggestion that these
0: deceivers are going to turn around and say, Oh yeah, actually we've got that wrong.
1: Yeah, or maybe they will, I mean maybe they will. I mean who knows? We we don't know what. In which case you then welcome them in. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean you just love to I'd love to go back in time and see what happened when somebody read second John out. And amongst the lady. First of all, we'd get to know if it was an actual lady. We would. It's true. We'd go up to her and go, Do you know that biblical scholars have said you're a, you're an allegory for the whole church? How very dare they?
0: How does that make you feel? No. It is true. Well, I think we've done justice to a very small book. We've probably spoken for longer than probably, we've probably used more words than there are in the book itself. Um Quite not enough. all the verses are not all the verses are in the Bible 2020 readings, so we I think we're just encouraging people to read the whole thing because yeah, delve in, see what you think of it. I,
1: I have I am now more excited about Second John than I ever was before. Hmm.
0: Interesting, isn't it? And I time. like the fact, just to just to finish off as well, I like the fact that, that both Second John and Third John finish with this um I suppose not a plea, but, but the thing about you know, I don't want to use any more paper and ink. Instead I want to come and see you face to face. Because that has jumped out at me in a fresh way. Currently, when yes. there's so few face-to-face yeah.
1: gatherings. <laughs> somebody had, somebody wrote recently that uh, the New Testament epistles are the attempt to pastor the church remotely with the use of technology. Oh, there you go. Say it again. The New Testament epistles are an attempt to pastor the church remotely with the use of technology.
0: Boom. And we'll leave it there. How relevant to our current situation. <laughs> Well, Neil, I'm very much looking forward to seeing you face-to-face at some point. I mean, we are seeing face-to-face, just mitigated by a screen. Um, next time, we are going to be talking about fruitfulness, I think. Yeah. That's what we we reckon
1: we've you landed on. You didn't know that yesterday, at, did you? The-
0: no, I didn't know that yesterday, which will go out tomorrow. Well, when people so, go but- to
1: listen to the third John, just, just <laughs> little, hear the little wee hesitation
0: just, in your voice yeah, at that point. It's going to be really confusing, isn't it? Either that or my voice will sound different because I've overdubbed it. <laughs> <laughs> But frankly, who's got the time for that? <laughs> uh, well, Neil Glover, thank you very Your much. We managed. Thank you, Jane Robertson. We miss you. We miss you very much. We we limp through, but we miss you very much, and uh, we'll be back, all three of us together, uh, next time. Thanks. Thanks nice. for listening.